Thank you, Brother Duff. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad we know that today. Amen. It's hard for me to imagine people getting up every day, going about their business, living their life, never even thinking about the Lord, never consulting Him and asking Him, Lord, what would you want me to do today? Lord, watch over me today and my family and help me. Lord, what would you want me to do? I'm sure people do it and they have an element of normalcy in their life to where that God is just, you know, out of their thinking, out of their heart. I'm so glad I can't be like that. Aren't you? I'm so glad that God has placed something within us that makes us so hunger and thirst after Him. And I realized a lot of folks, church is just something, you know, they do two or three times a week or once a month or something like that. But to a real believer, we know that God and church, the word, the message, just the whole thing, it's not a part of our life. It is our life. It is our life. Amen. God bless you. Let's turn, if you would, today to Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. We'll read uh, verses 12 to 14. Amen. So enjoyed the presence of the Lord last night. <clears throat> Privilege to be able to be in, in church once again. Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much today. We're so thankful that the way has been made for us to enter into those blessed gates. We're thankful, Heavenly Father, before we ever enter those gates, though, we have already entered into Christ Jesus, the gate here as we have lived in life, been given the opportunity by which we could accept your atonement, Lord, and we could enter into the great paradise of God, that mystical body that you have made called the church. I pray that you'd speak to us today from your word, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. Let's read also, if you would, in Numbers chapter 35, verse 26. Let's contrast this great paradise of God for just a little bit. It was looking at it <clears throat> a little bit last night, but let us contrast it for a few moments here this morning with another city. This was only one of many, of course, and it does not give it to us by name, but they were called cities of refuge. Now, this gives the designation of what will apply to those cities, but if the slayer shall at any time come without the border of the city of his refuge, whither he was fled, and the revenger of blood find him without the borders of the city of his refuge. And the revenger of blood kill the slayer. He shall not be guilty of blood. Because he should have remained in the city of his refuge until the death of his high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the slayer shall return into the land of his possession. Now, truly, we know that heaven is not sheltering us from death. 
Heaven is not going to be a shelter to us for any types of plagues or diseases or things that we as humans deal with now. But it is, in one sense of the word, an eternal place of refuge that the people of God enter into. But aren't you glad today that we, by the grace of God, had already entered into our city, Christ Jesus, which will assure that we will be given the right to enter into the paradise of God. Now, we looked at this a little bit last night. Um, uh, Two men out working, uh, they're in the field, they're somewhere doing something together. One man kills the other man. He did not mean to kill the man. It was not premeditated murder. Yet the man was guilty in the sense of taking this other man's life. God knew that accidents were going to happen. God didn't say he would stop them from happening. But God made a way when they did happen that the innocent from the heart would have a place they could go to. Now, God spread the cities all throughout the land of Israel so that every person would have a right and within proper uh, distance of where they lived and where they would be working to be able to run to this city of refuge if such an event took place. But God also had restrictions, and God had laws by which the city of refuge must be operated. And that was that a person taking the life of another individual, that they would tread just as fast as they could go, and they would get into that city, and there they must stay. Now, it's not there for five minutes. It's not there for a half a day. They must be there until the deaths of the high priest. Now, why that in the law? I don't have a clue why it was, but it was just God's designation. But no matter what they thought, well, you know what? I think I've been here long enough. I think that I, I, can, I can go back to my home now. If the slayer, now notice how that the word identifies this man, if the slayer. So the man is under this description of still being a slayer. Now, the city itself did not eradicate what the man had done. But the city gave him a place of justification or innocence by which he would not die as long as he stayed inside this city. But it must have been such a pressure on the life of this man coming into this place. Now remember this one incident changed his whole life. Not only him, but his wife, his children, everybody else in his family forever would be changed by this one incident. But God knew that many of these people were completely innocent, yet they were totally guilty. Now, it's a paradox when you look at it because the man was guilty of taking another man's life, but he was innocent of murder, which would have been premeditated thoughts that he had something against this man and he wanted to get out, you know, make it look like it was an accident. So the man was guilty, but the man was innocent. And when we look at our city of refuge in Christ Jesus, our first nature was guilty of lying and drinking and running around and all the stuff that we've done. But once we enter into the Lord Jesus as our Savior, He declares us innocent and free from that old nature. Praise God. Actually, once we become born again, then the seed of God becomes quickened. Then it was not that that ever sinned. That's why Brother Bram tells us in the visible union that that part of you never did it in the first place. 
Now it'll be still remembered by you of course and by others what you have done but in the mind of God you have been placed back into that original place where you were. But yet here what a difficult thing that it must have been. Now the pressure was not over for this man just because he had found this state inside the city. Now what if he desired to go out so they're going to have some type of festivity or whatever it was outside the city. Everybody's invited. We're going to have a picnic over on the west side. Everybody can come out. There's some shade trees over there. We're going to have chicken poke chops. We're going to have poke beans. We're going to have all kinds of stuff like that. Everybody's welcome to come out. You know what? That old boy better not go out because if the avenger of blood is waiting outside. Now this is what this man done. This is his entire occupation. Can you imagine that you go around from one city to another to another. You have the names as we'd say today. You have the names, the faces, what they look like and you're watching for these people to leave the city because if they do you are obligated by God's word to kill them and you are going to kill them and you are going to be declared innocent because they walked away from God's provision of safety. Let me tell you something, friend. God forbid that any of us would walk away in this late hour from God's provision of safety. Because I can assure you the devil and all of his demons are out there waiting for you and I to mess up. They are waiting for us to leave the protection of the word of God. They will have no pity, no mercy. They will have nothing but oh my just vengeance and wrath to get even with you. But oh, thank God for that place that the real people of God can run and there we stay oh my well are you limited certainly you're limited you can't come and go as you please well I, I made up my mind I'm over here in the city of Hebron which is the city of refuge but my home is over by the sea of Galilee I'd like to sneak over there and see my mom I'd like to see my grandpa and I'd like to go over there and I left a horse over there that I really liked and, and I left this and that and the other it's up to you if that's what you want to do but you're taking your life into your own hands to leave that city now look, there is a price that comes with being liberated from the power of death. Don't think. Now this is where, of course, Laodicea does not like to hear a gospel that requires us to do something. Laodicea wants to hear a gospel where God gives everything to you and God does everything for you and you don't have to do nothing. You don't have to pray. You don't have to read your Bible. You don't have to live a holy life. That is a gospel from the pits of hell. It is not from heaven. It is not from the Holy Bible. If God does something for you and God saves you and God delivers you, then God gives you a list of things to do yourself. And if you don't do it, well, guess what? You get kicked out of the city. That's right. Residing in these cities, it comes with a price. But to the real people of God, what is that price compared to being saved? What is that price compared to what God delivered us from? Now, you think of how it will be when the saints of God, when we are all changed, and we walk into the great paradise of God, as John said, and that we would have the right to the tree of life, the trees of life blooming on either side of the river, and that will be the throne of God, the water trickling down from one terrace to another, 
together and the great paradise of God there will be parks there will be such a beautiful thing no automobiles no airplanes no deaths no sickness no suffering no sorrow no trouble of any kind oh hallelujah but in order to get there you had to walk a certain walk in order to get there you had to talk a certain talk you see you don't just arrive in that city because well one day God sent his son and you accepted that and that's all you ever done one time you was a sinner and then you accepted him as your savior you kept on smoking you kept on drinking you kept on lying but you accepted him as your savior you never done no such a thing you just become religious and got an intellectual spirit on you but if you ever get born again by the spirit of God the drinking's gone the smoking is gone the living a filthy life it's gone because you are born from the city itself you take up citizenship while you are here and you start living the life of the city on the other side in that city there is nothing but holiness purity righteousness peace with God that's what God wants us to express in this life here people that are of the world and living like the world they are now currently living like hell because that's where they're going people that are born again are going to have a heavenly atmosphere heavenly thinking heavenly talk heavenly walk because they are born of heaven they are born from above is that right now the revenger of blood is going to be watching this man he's going to be watching he may set afar off he may actually pick a cave on the outside of the city he may pick a place that will be camouflaged so where the man won't know him he may come in dressed like someone else he might even walk in the city himself because he can do so he may come in and inquire where's so and so how's so and so is he still here oh yeah he, he ain't left this place since that man come in here alright just check Checking, just checking. I want to see. Does he still like it here? They tell me you can hear him over there every day. As soon as the sun comes up, he's singing like a meadowlark. When he goes to bed at night, he's over chirping like a bird. He praises God. He worships God. He is so thankful for the city of refuge. Who do you say you are? Well, I'm the revenger. What do you think? Is there any chance he'll leave? If I was you, I'd pack up and go back to the house. I'd say that old boy's sealed in this city. He's happy. Amen. He don't resent being here. He does not resent the law of God telling him he can't drink no more. He don't resent the law of God telling him you can't go out here and get a, get another woman and put away your wife. He don't resent it. He ain't got an attitude. He's not mad. He's happy. He shouts. He dances. He worships God. He goes to church. Hallelujah. That old happy to be in the city of refuge. Well may I just tell you today in case you are wondering I've been in this city of refuge the majority of my life. I'm more happy today than I was whenever I got in years ago. I'm not looking to go to the world. I'm not looking to go out yonder to see what they can do for me because there's nothing they can do for me except kill me. There's nothing they can do for you except kill you and take you to a devil's hell. Why would I want to leave this city? Notice in verse 27, but the revenger of blood find him without the borders of the city of his refuge. Notice there is a specific identification that this man must stick to. It is the city of his refuge. His refuge. 
If it was Hebron, if it was Bilhah, it could be many different cities all over the land of Palestine. But wherever this man was, according to the jurisdiction of the place that he lived, this was identified as his city of his refuge. And the revenger of blood killed the slayer. Notice, he shall not be guilty because he should have remained in the city of his refuge until the death of his high priest. Notice Brother Ben said the man must want to stay in the refuge. He can't go in there complaining. He, oh my, he must want to stay. No complainings about it. Outside he dies. Inside he's safe. Well, he gets up every day. I'm so sick and tired of this place. I can't stand it. I wish I'd have never come here. I wish I'd have went over there somewhere. I don't know why in the world I had to come here. He's grouchy. He's mean. He's contrary. No, that sounds like some folks in church, don't it? Well, I don't know why in the world we got to go to church on Sunday. Well, what difference does it make? God's in my heart. God can be with me everywhere. But his word says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Why do I got to live right? How come I got to pray? How come I'll tell you one thing? That person's heart is not in the city of refuge, just their body. Amen, friends. We don't want to just look like the message. We don't want to just talk like the message. We want the message to be our very heart. Notice, he said, oh, I love the way Brother Bram takes this. He said, I pray daily. Oh, God, I'm so happy here. Just let me stay. I never want to leave. I know he'll never leave me. I know he'll never leave you. And the pressure gets great. If it does, he is our outlet. Now maybe this man runs to the city of refuge and there's people in there that don't like him. And they snap him. And they treat him funny and they think, wonder if this one is a real murderer. Maybe this guy slipped somebody's throat. We don't have no idea what he done. We don't know. You think everybody in there just welcomed them all in? Oh, well, praise God. You killed somebody. Huh? Well, come on in. Come over and have dinner with us tonight. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, just come right on in. Bring all your stuff in. My, we're so glad to have you. Even church people don't like us that. They're suspicion everybody in there. Watch everybody. Oh, my. We got a stranger in church today. Make sure they ain't got a gun on them. Make sure they ain't got a knife. Hey, that's the age we're living in, friend. You imagine then here these people know their city is set up as a refuge to receive some of these people. And they kill people. And they've done all kinds of things. But they didn't know for sure if they was innocent. Can you imagine living in that type of a place? And you're constantly getting people in like this? Drugs, alcohol, adulterers. After all, church is a hospital, right? Church is a hospital. That is where the sick go. People with diseases, that's where they go. People with all kinds of sin problems, that's where they go in order to get help. Some people look at them. Did you see? Oh, Lord, that girl come in church today. Lord, who was that? I can't believe the deacons let her come in. She had on a dress above her knees. Well, she may have never heard that in her life. What's a real shame is message girls come in and sit down with dresses on above their knees. They know better. Well, you imagine that didn't create a pressure when that guy come in, he come running in, and he was painting. <laughs> 
much money you're bringing with you. Where's your citizenship? Raise your right hand. Do you honestly swear? I never killed nobody. I never done no bad thing. I never know. Well, there wouldn't be no residents in the city, would they? I've never done anything wrong. I've never lied on my mama's grave. I'm like George Washington. I never take that cut down that cherry tree. I never done anything wrong in my life. Well, you're the biggest liar in the whole city. You know, everybody in the city was running for something. Well, I wish somebody would preach to me this morning. Whether or not you want to admit it or whether or not you'll say amen, everybody in this place is running for something. You're running from your past or your daddy's past or your mama's past or your family's past. But brother, sister, there is a place of refuge that we can go to in the time of trouble and there we can let off the pressure. Notice Brother Branham says if you're all pressured up and don't know where you're going, what's going to happen to you after death? And you're going to die sometime, you got to. Then the thing is to come into Christ, the refuge, and let off the pressure. Settle it once for all. Now, no matter what takes place, Christ is our refuge. And when we come to him, we can let off the pressure. You can quit worrying about it. Well, if I die, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to the wife? What's going to happen to the husband? What's going to happen to the children? Come to Christ and let off the pressure. No, he said, he gives us all things. All things are ours by Christ. So just let the pressure off. Oh, you'll imagine walking down streets of Goldfriend. When we finally reach that place, there'll be no more pressure. There'll be no more stress. No more difficulties of life. And yet here we are living right in the middle of hell on the earth today. All the trouble that's around us every day, every hour. We're constantly getting bombarded on our phones by all kinds of news flash. Somebody shot somebody here and there. Somebody died overnight. This happened, that happened. Can you imagine a city where there'll never be any negative news flash at all? It'll all be good things from the outside. Everybody on the outside is peaceable. There's no wars went on. We've been here a hundred million years. Nobody's ever even... Nobody ever even sneezes. Nobody ever had a common cold. The common cold won't be common in heaven. Praise God. There'll be nobody sick. There'll be no trouble. So I know it's almost more than our minds can comprehend. Don't you understand? We've already got a deposit today in our soul from that city itself. This is why we can have peace in the time of storm. Notice he said, just come to Christ and let off the pressure. No, he gives us all things. All things are ours by Christ. So just let the pressure off. The only way you can do it. Now, somebody might give you a million dollars. It would build up pressure. So, oh, boy. Somebody give me a million. I wonder how many third cousins and 14th cousins and 15th cousins and 17th cousins that you would find out that you had that before you got that million, you didn't even know they existed. But somehow they heard. Now, you you didn't get it, of course, on the lottery because you all don't play the lottery. But but a rich uncle that you didn't know you had left you a million dollars. You know, oh, my, I'll pay off my bills. Of course, some of you would feel a real amount of tremendous pressure of wondering whether you'd have to pay tithes on that or not because you'd really struggle with that. And then struggle with, okay, so do I have to give an offering on top of that too? Do I have to give a missions offering? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Then that, okay, now what am I going to do? I know I've got so many months over here. 
And you know that me and I say, oh, what I'm going to be able to do. Oh, what I'm going to be able to do. And then your grandma will, oh, of course, need this. And then Uncle Ted, oh, he'll need that. And Aunt Lucy, she'll need so much. And then so and so. And what have you done? All oh, that million dollars, you've got an ulcer out of it now because everybody's calling you on the phone. And your neighbor found out that you got a million and he'd like to borrow just 10000 That's all. He wants 10000 So what has it done? That wonderful gift of a million dollars has drove you. <laughs> So if anybody had planned on giving me a million after church, just keep it. I've got enough stress the way it is. Notice he said you might join a church. It'll still build up pressure. Because the Methodists will tell you they're right and the Baptist is wrong. And the Baptists will say they're wrong and we're right. So it just builds up more pressure because you don't know where you're standing. But if you ever come to Christ, you can let off the pressure because it's all over then. Just settle it down. God's provided place of safety where God said the name of the Lord is a mighty tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. In the time of sickness, listen now, when sickness strikes and the doctor says there's nothing else I can do about it, don't build up pressure. Let off the pressure. Call your pastor. Let him anoint you in oil and pray over you. Pray the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Let off the pressure. He's our refuge. While you're in this refuge, you've got the right to anything that's in the refuge. So say the neighbor next to know that you, you've run, done run in there and they know there's something about you and you really don't want to tell everything about your past, but they're suspicious of you. I was just scratching my eye. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to terrify you. He's got the look. Watch his eye. My grandma told me one time she seen a murder and every time he, he had murder in his mind, he got that eye go jerking. You imagine everybody around you wonder what he's done. Wonder what he's done. I need some water. Well, go down and get it yourself. I'll tell you one thing. You ain't got no right. I've got a right to everything in this city. My God said I could come to this. This, this was not my desire. I never chose this in my life. This happened to me. I was tricked into it by my first marriage. Amen. I never wanted to be a sinner. I never wanted to be a liar. I never wanted to be a drunk. But I was tricked into it with a shotgun wedding in my first marriage by my nature. And my Lord provided this city of refuge where I could come into. I'm sorry if you don't like it, but I need a drink of water. I need angels' food. I need, praise God, I need a seven-course meal. It's mine, and I'm going to have it. And your looks are not going to keep me from it. Praise God. Look at him. He acts like he deserves this. I do. I'm a son of God. I don't deserve it because of my goodness. I deserve it because he said I deserved it. And if he said I deserve it, I deserve it. So pass the dessert. Notice he says, oh my, everything you have need of is in him. Amen. In sickness, don't build up pressure. Let off pressure. 
Now, for those of you that weren't here last night, Brother Branham gets these sermons from an incident that had happened to him. And it was that a man had given Brother Billy Paul a rifle. And it was, the caliber was a 257 Roberts, which means it was a .257 caliber bullet. And it was a rifle because the word gets his word, our rifle is in the barrel. It will twist like 1.10. It will do one complete revolution in 10 inches. Or 1 to 12, it will be one complete revolution in 12 inches. So when the bullet comes out of the barrel, it's actually spinning. Because they found out that it will hold its velocity, speed, and so on and so on at a more accuracy if it spins. So this man gave this, this gun to Billy Paul. It is a right-handed bolt, which means he has to do this. But Billy Paul is left-handed. So Billy gives the gun to Brother Bram. Brother Bram always wanted a 257 Weatherby Magnum, but he would not. It is really expensive. He would not buy it. Nobody let his friends buy one for him. So this man tells him that he would be able to take this gun and actually at a gun place, and he would be able to take this gun and send it to Weatherby. That man is still alive. He goes to Ed Hunter's church in Muncie, Indiana. I didn't know that till this morning, but Andrew told me that. So this man then sends the gun off. It's going to cost him $10. They're going to send the gun. Now remember how close it is. It is a 257 Roberts. But Brother Brandon wanted a 257 Weatherby Magnum. Same caliber bullet, but the difference is the power behind the bullet. Amen. Twins, you see. 257 Roberts, 257 Weatherby Magnum. But the difference is the power and the velocity and the speed and so on and so on. So here they send the gun off and they get it back. And Brother Randall said he was so excited to have it back. And he, he shot a few shells and then he shoots another one. And then the gun blows up. Now whenever it blows up, part of it goes behind him. Part of it goes to the left, to the right. Uh, the scope cuts, of course, the place in his eye. Had a lot of, of little metal shrapnel inside of his eye. And the barrel itself goes plumb out on the 50-yard line. The mercy of God that it hadn't killed him. Now, out of that, he goes to preaching these sermons, Green Lake, Wisconsin, Jeffersonville, Phoenix, preaches in several different places, of letting off the pressure. Now, you know, I love the way that God dealt with Brother Branham. That he sent him up to Harvard University, and Brother Branham got a degree in psychology, and then Brother Branham got a degree in pneumatics, and then he got a degree in all this. No, God could use just natural things around Brother Branham and bring such supernatural messages out of it. Now, most of us don't think we'd get out of blowing gun, you know, it would just be bandages and repairs and a doctor bill. But here, Brother Branham gets these great sermons out of there, which are a great parallel to Christianity. So whenever he deals with this, and he said, now, if we start out just pretending that we're Christians without going back to the very basis to be born again, you'll blow up somewhere down along the road. So now here he's comparing people that say they are Christians to this rifle which blowed up. So it goes to Southgate, California, and they do not remold it now and change the barrel or the works or any of that, but they simply rebore. Now, that is that the 257 Weatherby Magnum is a larger caliber bullet because it's necked down from a 300, 375 H&H, so then they neck it down real, real tiny up at the end that receives the bullet, and then they make it where it can receive this 25 caliber bullet. So, by doing that, it gives it so much power, the range, and the yard is so much farther to make it simple for y'all that don't understand nothing about that sort of thing. And you got more power so you can throw that bullet. Now, most of you know, of course, that you don't throw the cartridge. 
Your sisters know that, didn't you? You know the cartridge didn't come out the other end of the gun? You didn't know that. Okay, good. Well, now you know it. The whole cartridge don't come out the end of the gun. It's just the bullet itself. But the mystery is how fast that bullet will come out and how far the trajectory will remain before it starts doing this. Because all bullets by the pull of gravity will start heading down. So if you're using it for long range, you want to be able to get as much velocity and as much speed and not down power and also the trajectory so that it don't do this. Well, I've had a lot of sermons that fell out, they fell right out of the barrel. You know, they just like that. They don't seem like they go nowhere. But you want to try to mix enough word and enough spirit and enough quotes and enough, you know, all this together, Brother Philip, to make it to where that at least it'll have long range from here to the back pew. That's always nice if it can go that far. If you go a little farther up to the nurseries and you're doing really good. But, you know, the thing was that Roy Weatherby started doing this, as I said, last night in 1944, and he started looking at this, making this wildcat cartridge and then 1948 started commercially making these guns. So Brother Brandon wanted one, but he, he would not buy one because of the expense, nor let anybody else get one. So this one was sort of a compromise. It was a makeover. So they did not take it back now to Weatherby and say, now we'll rebore it or we'll make it out of the original dies and the original Weatherby steel and all this and that. But no, what we will do, we will give you just a, a handshake. We'll give you a church joining. And uh, we'll, we'll take something in there and we'll bore out that barrel and we'll change it to where the headspace will be a little bit different and we'll change this and that, whatever the steps were. And then we'll send it back to you and you will have a 257 Weatherby Magnum in a Winchester gun. Now friends, believe it or not, that's what we've got around our, our ranks. We've got a lot of message folks that really down inside their heart ain't nothing but Church of Christ. We got a lot of message folks that ain't nothing but Baptist, Methodist, Church of God, Presbyterian, well, praise the Lord. It's evident when they leave the message, what do they go back to? The original dies. The original dies, oh my. But you know why you can't go back? You know why you ain't leaving this word going to no denominational mess? Because you never come from that denominational mess. Amen, you come from the dies which are in heaven and there's only one place you can go to and that is heaven. Because you come from heaven. So Brother Branham takes the gun, he loads it, of course, shoots a couple of rounds, and then it's hard to tell by the, by the way that he says it, whether it was the third round, fourth round, but anyway, several rounds were shot, then all of a sudden he shoots this one round, and when he does, he said he should have noticed the headspace because so much of the pressure coming out and some of the powder. He said, I, I, I should have noticed that, I knew better, but he said, I was so excited. Now, excitement is good, but Brother Sister, when it comes to the new birth, we don't want just excitement. I love it when people say amen. Man, I love it when people get emotional about church, but we don't want emotion and think we've got the new birth. We don't want to shout a little bit. Do we believe in shouting? Absolutely, with all of our hearts. But I want the real, genuine new birth. Then let me shout. Don't let me seek the new birth and get a shout and think I got the new birth. Let me get the real, genuine goods. Now notice he said, we're going back to the very basis to be born again. You'll blow up somewhere down the road. The pressure's too heavy. You can't stand it lest you're built for it. 
Now the amount of pressure that was going on inside of this gun must have been unbelievable. Brother Ram says it was like 68, 6,900 pounds that exploded all around him. Now that much pressure inside of that is the mercy of God that, that his life was not taken. But God spared him, thank God. That this pressure that was on the inside, but this gun simply went to church and it got a handshake, we'll say, and it went up there and they reboarded it out and they got rid of that old eternal security out of the Baptist and they reboarded out that old Methodist stuff and they bored out that old eternal hell out of Pentecost and they slammed us a cartridge in there hallelujah Malachi 4 <laughs> glory to God I believe it oh hallelujah they opened it up again and they put another in there <laughs> yes sir amen God sent a prophet But then they ran across a question that they couldn't answer. Somebody brought it to them that they couldn't find a newspaper article where so many people had fell off of a bridge. Have you ever found a newspaper article in the Courier Journal out of Louisville or, you know, the Bluegrass thing out of Lexington, Kentucky, or any newspaper as far as that goes, where Joshua commanded the sun and the moon to hang in their place? Has the Associated Press ever printed that anywhere where that they actually did it at their in place where we can find any newspaper article or CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, or any of the rest of them ever covered it that God's children walked around in the wilderness for 40 years with the same shoes on their feet? That they ate manna coming right straight out of heaven when they got thirsty for water. God sent a rock down there and told his servant to speak to the rock. You ever find that newspaper article anywhere? You know what? You won't and you never will. But real faith don't need a newspaper article. They got God's word. Well, I, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand it either, but I believe it. That's what makes it so supernatural. Because the inside of me has not been bored out. It comes from the dies, original Christian magnum. Oh my, I'm not saying now that there's not all kinds of Christians, but you see, it's like looking at a 257 Roberts versus a 257 Weatherby Magnum. Now, I could have brought the ballistic scale and showed it to you this morning, but it wouldn't want to bore you. But when you look at the difference of what a Magnum can do and what a Magnum is, then why would anyone not want a Magnum? Now, whenever you look at the trajectory, you look at the range, you look at the foot pounds and per seconds of how fast that it will move, there's hardly any comparison at all. And yet it's you know to be able to give you more power but the part of the problem is the recoil it's what you know that part when you shoot and it kicks back in your shoulder some people can't take the kick from a good gospel preacher now they want all kinds of power but they want it like shooting a BB gun Any of your brothers that's ever shot any guns with recoil, you know them things can kick. They brothers? I mean, they can let you have it. Oh my, they have got a kick. And if you ain't got it right, they'll bruise you on your arm. They'll bruise you on your shoulder. Don't get mad at me for whooping up on you now. 
But yet you realize what is the trade-off? The power is worth the difference. When I was in Africa several years ago, and I was going to take an eland, which is a large African animal, animal stood six and a half feet tall at the shoulder, gigantic animal. I had a 270 Weatherby Magnum that I took with me, took everything else with that. But yet the guide said, I don't trust that gun. I don't trust that gun. I said, it'll be fine. He said, no, I want you to use my gun. I said, so what do you got? He said, I got a 338 Win Mag. Well, mine was, was good enough, I thought, but yet he was not convinced that it was. So he wanted me to shoot his. I had a good gun. It had good enough recoil, but I just thought it had recoil until I took that John the Baptist and put it on my shoulder. You see, that's what people want in the age that we're living in. They want to be told you're so wonderful and you're so good and you're all so pretty and you're all going to heaven and oh, Jesus understands why you can't live right and all that sort of stuff. Just clink, clink, clink. And then when they walk into a service and there's a guy, I mean the pressure's blowing the people's hair back when he's preaching. The people are sitting there sweating bullets. The toes are crumpled up in their shoes and they're thinking, Lord have mercy. Is this a church or a shooting range? And some of them saying, no, this ain't a shooting range. This is a bombing range. You think this is something you ought to hurt him last week? So they're thinking, I've never experienced church like that in my life. Why? Because they're so used to being papered. Rock about baby in the treetop. Some of you are 75 years old and you want to be goo-gooed. I love the way Brother Branham says this. Now, I know some of y'all think I'm crazy. Well, I don't deny that I'm not too far from that. But I think you're crazy if you don't love this Lord Jesus with all your heart. Hmm. Notice he said the pressure's just too heavy. You can't stand it unless you're built for it. You can't be built for it until God gets a hold of you and not polish you up, but starts you from the beginning and bring you to a real magnum. <laughs> Amen. Same caliber of bullet. Remember now, 257 Roberts, 257 Weatherby Magnum. So what is the difference? The Magnum. It is the casing. It is not just the nozzle partition bullet. You might use exactly the same one, 125 grain, 110, whatever you want to use, and make the velocity and the foot pounds of energy and so on and so on. It's not so much just that. It's the amount of energy behind it when you're pushing it. I don't want enough of religion just to be able to barely get me by in life. I'm looking to take a journey. I need rocket power. <laughs> I need rocket power. What about it, saints? We need some energy. That'll get us out of You imagine leaving church today and you stop down and get some fuel. Your car is running with all fuel and there's an Amish guy in a buggy. He's standing over on the other side and he opens up that old horse of his and he takes the gas pump and slams that gas tank in that old horse's mouth. And you're standing there looking and saying, what in the world? Animal abuse. I'm calling the police on that guy. What's the matter? Well, he's giving him fuel. Yeah. Yeah. You're fixing to put the same fuel in yours. I mean, you all have a problem with that? Wrong fuel in the wrong tank. Now, that old horse don't need diesel. He don't need 87 octane. He needs oats and molasses, right? 
Well, it's the same way with us. We try to take this powerful gospel and put it into people's lives and they ain't converted yet. They're still in the Amish lifestyle, lifestyle, and yet it is a power and what happens to them? I'm out of here. I can't take this stuff no more. You imagine the astronauts, they've trained for years. They go to announcing it, the countdown, T minus 24 hours. All of a sudden, a big grain truck comes from the fields of Nebraska. And they go to funneling that corn up the chute. They said, what are you all doing? I said, we're filling you up. Well, that is fuel in it. But the fuel don't match the mission. <laughs> don't you understand, friend? We needed not only a change in our doctrines. We didn't need just to get straightened out on the Trinity and predestination and election. This bride needed a change in fuel. Just the fuel of Pentecost will not push us out of this world. So you cannot feed the bride of Jesus Christ Pentecostalism because it will not raise her out of this world. We need astronaut fuel. Which is what? Rapturing power, rapturing grace, rapturing faith. So if I could set these two bullets here on the pulpit this morning where you could be able to see them. To the average eye, most of you would look at the 257 Roberts. You'd look at the 257 Weatherby Magnum. Probably one thing that you'd notice immediately would be a little bit difference in the size. For those of you that had an acute sense of sight and you know enough about ballistics and all that, you'd also notice that the shell inside of the Weatherby Magnum is a 30 caliber, to fit a 30 caliber rather, instead of a 25. And so they must take the shoulder. Now in order to study this, they try to figure out, do we do 7 eighths of an inch? Do we do 3 eighths of an inch? And the angle of the intake, because you're taking a bullet like this and then you're going way in like that and honing it down to the final age. So you take the bullet and you come up and now depending on what angle that you hone it down, how much of the descent and descent and all that sort of thing, that's going to depend on your end journey out there. So here we are. God started out real wide at the bottom and he kept coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now he's up here on the top honing it down, ready to seat the bullet in the cartridge in order to take the flight. But the average person will look at some of that one looks like a Christian and that looks like a Christian. They're both .257, this .257, this one .257, but the difference is one of them is a magnum and one of them isn't. So one has more power, more range. It has more foot pounds of energy. It has more velocity. Its range will be able to go farther before the trajectory starts dropping down. Praise be to God. The foolish virgin barely can make it from Sunday to Sunday. But the elect of God have enough foot pounds of energy inside of them. It will take them plumb to eternity. Amen. They have got enough trajectory. 
tree and they already been zeroed in straight to the throne of God and there's nothing that will get in their way. Let wind puffs come along and this doctrine come along. It won't affect them. They're moving so fast. Praise God. They're moving so fast by the power of God. There is nothing that will stop them because they have got in the city of refuge and this ammo is in there for them. Hmm. Notice this, but it starts you up from the beginning and bring you to a real magnum. A real child of God that's built to stand the word. Built to stand the pressure. The pressure of the day. So many blow up. Men trying to impersonate others. So they blow up sooner or later. God has brought us into this earth and set us into the church and different things and we have to be what we are. And by God by his foreknowledge places us into the church. I'm so glad of that. Pressure builds up sooner or later. It'll show up on you. So people act like they're Christians. They act like they're saved. Some even act like they're called to preach. Let me tell you something. If you're not called to be a preacher, stay out of it. The pressure that goes with it will drive you insane if you're not called. You're almost insane if you are. Notice he said that's the way of a Christian experience when people are trying to put a cold, formal confession into a powerful Pentecostal church. So let's remove the bullet out of this 257 Weatherby Magnum. And we'll take the type of bullets that I used to have as a little boy when my mom and daddy would be able to buy me a pop gun. You know, about that long, and you do this, break it down, and then it's got a string on the end of it with a little piece of cork. Oh, some of y'all thought I lived back in the Civil War days. No, I'm not that old. So let's take this piece of cork and we'll put this piece of cork with the gym down inside this powerful, powerful magnum message cartridge. And we shoot it at a target. As fast as that powder will push that cork, that cork will disintegrate more than likely before it ever even reaches the target. Now look for in shot placement is the thing. I said several years ago in Tucson, Arizona, Brother Stephen Smith took me out there, a famous guy by the name of Harry Lawson, which makes custom stocks and guns and different things like that. And his big thing was, you know, for men that go to Africa, they got to have a 458 win or they got to have a, a 460 or they've got to have this big gigantic caliber of gun with all this power and all this and that and the other. But Harry Lawson went to South Africa and killed a Cape Buffalo with a 243, which is smaller than a 257 Roberts. He said, now boys, the trick is shot placement. 
They said, you all want to know where I shot that? And I'm standing there, yes, sir, yes, sir. I mean, he had all these animals, you know. Where would you shoot an ass out? I shot him right there. It was all these magnificent animals that this man had taken from around the world. Dangerous, dangerous animals. But he knew how to use what he had. Now, some of you are probably saying, you're dang, you're saying, I'm not a magnum. I can't blow up like Brother Donnie. I can't blow up like Brother Darling. I can't. So what God give you? A 22, 250? A 243? Whatever God put in your hands, learn how to use it. Some of you will never be prophets. You'll never be preachers. You'll never be this. And, and don't worry about it. If you're not called to be that, God is not going to make you answer for that. If all God put in your hand was a slingshot, use it. Amen. amen. Learn how to use that slingshot. And if God, amen, anoints you to fling it at the devil, Holy Ghost power can still get behind rocks. Do you honestly believe with all of your heart it was just the power of David that killed that giant? There was supersonic power that got a hold of that rock that day and sunk that rock in the head of that giant. He's the same God that can take your little slingshot prayer and your little slingshot understanding of the word and drive back devils away from your home. Drive back devils away from your children, away from your husband or your wife. You've got to know how to use what God's put in your hand. City of refuge, you're safe, you're secure. Use what God's given you. Now I can just imagine my daughter Erica, she's always been little and puny anyway. And I tell her tomorrow, Erica, I'm going over to the shooting range. I've got this Whitworth 375 H and H that I'm gonna shoot. The bullet, I mean, about that long, you know, big old gigantic thing. And I want you to go and shoot it for me first. Well, she loves me. She probably, okay, Daddy, if that's what you want me to do. But it wouldn't take but one shot for her to realize and ask the question, do you love me? I mean, she's right-handed, so she'd be walking like this. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, this is daddy's love. <laughs> well, friend, God is not going to ever demand of you and I what he has not equipped us to do. Hallelujah. So don't worry about the 460. Don't worry about the 458 wind mag. Don't worry about them great big old things. That's about, well, Brother Donnie, those things that you preach and you say, I, I just don't understand it. But I love God with all my heart and I don't want to miss the rapture. Friend, why would you worry about such a thing? There's times that God has preachers preaching to all different levels of people with understanding. The prophet in souls in prison said, Father, I pray you'd help each man, woman, boy, and girl to understand in the capacity that they're ordained to understand in. So what God reveals to you, what God quickens to you, take that. If it's a 22-250, whatever it is, take it and use it for the glory of God. There may be other men who have great big old, my, my, big old gigantic weapons and you just stand there and shudder as you look at them and say, wow, how can anybody even operate such a machine? How can they even understand how it works? They're called to do so. But if you're not called to do so, leave it alone or you will blow it up. And it may blow you up. 
Brother Bram said impersonators of today going around trying to impersonate speaking in tongues. Trying to impersonate this and impersonate that the gifts. If they're not born again, if they're born again, they cannot impersonate because they were built for those things. They're born regenerated. Oh, hallelujah. They're born regenerated, remolded. They're not just something that's patched up. So we're going to take a message drill and drill them out. To get him. I believe I got him. Say what I say. God's in a prophet. God's in a prophet. He's got it. Polish him up and send him out with a book. Come on, friends, let's be honest. We've led a lot of folks to the message, but I wonder how many we've led to Christ. They quote Brother Bram, Brother Bram said this, Brother Bram said that, Brother Bram said, said that. They don't even realize Brother Bram's teachings come straight from the Word of God, the Bible. The message does not come to replace our Bible. It comes to make our Bible more clear and more understandable. The message never come to lead you away from Almighty God into some type of cult or clan. It come to lead you to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh my. Notice he said regenerated, remolded, not just something patched up and shook hands and got emotion and danced around the altar a few times and says, I got it. It's something that's been, listen to this, remolded and regenerated and become a new creature. Then it can stand the pressure of the persecution and things that follow the spiritual life. There's pressure that comes with the spiritual walk with God. I see people who want to be spiritual. They desire it so bad. And I think if you only knew what went with it. You've got to be made and built to stand the pressure. And only one thing can do it. That's when you come into God's molding house. And be torn down and rebuilt a new creature in Christ Jesus. So instead of Roy Weatherby taking the Winchester Model 70 and said, I'll tell you what the best thing we can do with this gun is destroy it or send it back to Winchester. But they went the cheaper route, the 10 buck route. 10 buck route produces 10 buck results. Shrapnel in the eye, gun pulled apart. Is that what we want? We want the 10 buck route for Christians? Well, I'll tell you, friends, when the rapture comes, 10 bucks won't take you through. But it's painful. You imagine them dies as they take the steel, and the steel must be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of degrees as they pour that hot molten liquid steel into the molds that make the barrels and the action and all the stuff that's going on. But if you want something that can stand the pressure, 
Do you want to just be reborn and polished and patched and sent in a church pew somewhere? Or do you want to go to the mold and the dyes? Those of you that ever seen any pictures or any videos of how those things are made, it's absolutely remarkable. And those guys have to wear those suits because they are so hot. One little drop of that stuff coming out can burn you to the bone. It's not easy. It's very hard. But their name is put on every gun or every piece of bridge that they're making. Whatever it is they're molding. And they've got to have that heat in order to make the, the metallurgical stability of the stone or the iron or the steel rather to be able to produce it. But oh my, when it comes out of there and it's polished and it's blued and their name is stamped on it. What have you got? You've got an original, not a patch up, not somebody that come and shook the preacher's hand and you change them from a Baptist and transform them to be a message person and then six years down the road they're back to being a Baptist. But the thing of it is they're worse Baptists than they was the first time around. I don't want to go back to Pentecost. I burned my bridges myself. I don't want to go back. Oh, thank God. I believe by the grace of God, every one of us that have been born again have been taken to the dyes of God. We went through the heat. We went through the stability. We went through all the metallurgical making of a new creature in Christ Jesus. The sweat pouring down our face. The heat heating up around us. And we felt like we might die. Yes, we must we must die then when we die he remolds us and he pours the steel into the dye as it begins to cool and the metallurgical change going on inside of this piece of steel the atoms the molecules as they're now slowing down because of the heat and they begin to harden and case harden now they can take the pressure of belonging to a message church <laughs> they can take the pressure of being laughed at ridiculed made fun of of being a magnum Christian. How many wants to be a magnum Christian? Many folks gathered together today in the Tri-Cities area. And their preacher polished the brass. He replaced the center fire. Oh my, got everything ready. Loaded it down with a little bit of John 3.16 and loaded it down with their favorite things, you know, of why they can't live right and all that sort of thing they sin every day. And put just enough power in there to be able to maybe get them back to Wednesday night. And then there he stands and goes, pew. They get up and say, man, wasn't that something? I love that kind of preacher. He just preaches 15 minutes. He don't make nobody mad. Never hurts nobody's feelings. Now I begin to realize why I leave out of here. I'm wet from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. My shoes are wet. My tie is wet. I'm working in the dyes of God. It's hot in here. I said it's hot in here. And you've got to get that metal hot in order to pour it out. Oh, but children, 
by the grace of God if God will help me and these other minister brothers around the world that whenever this thing is done and we pour you out into the very form of God the very thought that God had of you before the foundation of the world you won't just barely spit out of the end of the barrel you won't be able to make it till next Sunday or next Sunday after that but by the grace of God you can say hallelujah grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed until the day of your redemption I'm not gonna make it I've already made it he made it for me because I come from the factory <laughs> let's stand oh my let's jump down there to paragraph 71 brother Daniel you got to come up from the ground up to stand the pressure of this day when God puts his big charge of the Holy Spirit in there. You better know what you're doing. You better be ready for it. Now, if you kind of rebore out something and say, I tarried all night for a gift, you better be careful. It might explode, see. I mean, Carol was talking about this morning. I was explaining to her about hand loading and all that sort of thing. And she said, can you imagine if you hand loaded and Lee and Maria come over and said, Poppy, we want to help you because they always want to help me do everything I'm doing. Poppy, we want to help you. She said, can you imagine Then they just fill it full or they don't put enough or they, they don't know what they're doing? Yet here's this powder. Here's this powder that can do such wonders if you know what you're doing with it. We wonder why we don't have more power among us. I believe it's because we lack the character that we need to handle such power. We don't pray enough. We don't forgive enough. We don't love enough. I'm saying we. I'm saying we. The Lord told Brother Branham, you must be more sincere. I believe we need more sincerity. We need more sincerity. So God can be able to put this power inside of us. Not that it'll make anything out of us. But he can testify of his greatness. You can imagine a man. He walks. He exercises. He does all this in preparation. He's going to Alaska to get a doll sheep. He studied them. He knows they're very hard to take. Could be a trophy of a lifetime or a complete failure. He knows more than likely the distance between him and that sheep. Could be 400 yards, 500, 600, maybe even 1,000. You imagine a thousand yards over a half a mile, 1,760 yards in a mile, and you are sitting there with this rifle in your hand with a scope, and you see this animal a half a mile away. Now, would you want to be begun? Would you want my little old dilapidated cork gun? 
You've stalked him for days. This is your last day. Or would you want to fall back on a magnum? Don't you understand, friends? Many people have come this journey for so long. People that's been around for years. And the lights of the city are visible. We're so close. The last hours of daylight are shining. And people are turning away now and going back. I want enough power in my life, in your life, that will be able to push me all the way through until the evening shadows have totally merged and the dawn of a new day breaks. We don't want to come just within 30 minutes of the setting of the sun and this is my only lifetime. Maybe once in a lifetime I get here and I miss it. This is a once in a lifetime chance for you. You'll only be a mortal one time. This is your chance. Let's be everything we can be. Praise God. You see, they make magnums in all different sizes. Those of you that know anything about a 22 know that there's a 22 and a 22 magnum. There's 24 caliber magnums, there's 6mm, there's different ones. So magnums aren't always just in big packages. Sometimes they're in little packages, don't you, Brother Dave? So let God give you whatever pleases Him. Don't argue with him and debate with him. And Lord, now you, you've, you've undercalibrated me. I'm a machine gun guy. <laughs> but apparently God don't think so if he gave you a 22 Magnum. So just take it, torment the devil with it. Oh, a 22 Magnum can't do nothing. Maybe you should ask Ronald Reagan the next time you see him. That's what he was shot with. If God places it in your hands, my friends, it's everything you will ever need. Let's bow our heads together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, as we bow our heads to the dust of the earth from whence we were taken, all of us, Lord, in this symbolism that Brother Branham used, comparing a rifle to a Christian, all of us here today are some sort of caliber. Then if we'll take that comparison and bring it on down. Now, we can be a nominal type of believer, and they can do things. Many of them love God. They go to church, and they help win people to Christ, as they say, and they do this and that and the other. But when it comes to rapture power, if they have bobbed hair, they'll be left on the earth. So if they have paint their face and the women wear preachers on men, that will leave them on the earth. But Lord, we want power in our lives that will take us from this earth. Not only that, but give us power to overcome sin right now. While we're living in this world. 
Father, we don't desire to be the biggest caliber, the greatest. We just want to simply be what you made us to be. How foolish it would be for a 22 Magnum to try to impersonate a 257 Weatherby Magnum. How foolish it would be for a 243 to try to impersonate a 460 Weatherby Magnum. That shooting an elephant straight on in the head will knock him down thousands and thousands of pounds out of that one bullet because of the foot-pounds of energy that are released. So the 243 might brag, and I do this and I do that, but all we got to do is shoot it and see. So, Father, help us. As Paul said, they that think more highly than themselves than they ought. If we're a 243, then we want to be a 243 use. If we're a 22, whatever we are. Lord Jesus, help us, I pray. God, I ask you in the name of the living word, the manifested word. If there's a person here today or one that will hear this service that's not been to the dyes of God, they've not went into the hot, hot factory of birthing. The sweat has not rolled down their face as it was in the heat. Lord, and the molecules being changed into steel as it goes through the tempering mode. If they've not felt the anxiety and the anguish of realizing they're lost. And I pray today, Father, they could take that journey into the great dyes of the new birth room. Praise God. Where they realize being a church member will never meet the challenge of this hour. We don't want to give you our life and tell you to rebore us. Make me this, make me that. But we just want to say, God, take me and kill me. Kill me. In the dyes of God. And then mold that seed gene, the new me. Let it be a new man. Praise God. When the birthing experience has taken place and it's removed out to cool and the metallurgical process has taken place and the atoms slow down and the molecules no longer move, then the beeswax or whatever is removed from the mold and we take it out and we hold it in our hands, then we can say here is a genuine God-made Christian that can stand the pressure of the age. Peter, James, and John, they loved you. Peter thought with all of his heart he could be able to stand for you. He bragged about it. Though everybody else forsakes you, I won't. I'll be with you. You told him, Simon, Simon, Satan had desired that he may have you, that he may sift you as sweet. But I have prayed for you. That your faith would not fail you when you are converted. Strengthen your brethren. Imagine he got offended and all upset about it. Because he'd shot out a few things and shot out a few healings and shot out some sermons. But the pressure of standing with you proved that Peter was not a magnum. So Peter had to go down to the molding house in the upper room.
Peter had to close out the final stages of sanctification and give his will. And all of a sudden, here come the fire into the molding room. The fire heated up the atoms. The fire got among them. Praise God. And the fire give birth to predestinated seeds of God. And out of the dyes of God, here comes 120 magnum Christians. Praise God. They look like they was the same 257. Their hair was the same. Their eyes was the same. Their hands was the same. But all of a sudden, they became a 257 magnum. Praise God. Help us today, Lord Jesus, I pray. Maybe some of these Christians are magnum by birth, but they've been hand-loading their own ammo. They've wanted to reduce the recoil and the pressure of their life, so they've been cutting back a few grains on this and cutting back a few grains on that. Help them, Lord, to understand, to achieve the maximum potential of that caliber. It must be right at what the factory or the wildcat inventor comes up and says at this certain certain it will do certain certain it will release it will absolutely perform its premium with this certain nozzle petition it will do this and this with this center cap and so on and so on Lord Jesus help us Lord how many times have I wanted to self load and hand load my own life take out this powder and take out this and take out that Lord Jesus, forgive me. Help me, Father, to be what you've made me to be. We love you today, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many Christians here today want to be a magnum for God? Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let the Lord take you to his dies. Let him place you on the bench to where he hand loads each shell of your life. Exactly the amount of powder, exactly the type of bullet. Then he seats it down in there and sets it for a particular use. Hunters that are very particular about this, they will load a certain type according to the elevation of where they're going to hunt. Because the elevation, if you're hunting from high mountains and shooting down, has a difference in the trajectory, of course, of your bullet. So much looking at it, of how to do it. The temperature, a certain range. You're shooting bullets at a certain range, and then you go to a higher, higher destination of where you are. It changes the elevation, barometric pressure. All of that affects it. Aren't you glad our king knows how to load us, everyone? Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Can we just raise our hands in the presence of the King? Maybe some of you today are, are magnum Christians, but you just kind of need to be reloaded for premium, premium service. Praise God. Maybe you need a renewing of the Holy Ghost here today, just a refreshing from the presence of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just take the hand-loading equipment out of your hands, friends. Just climb up on the bench and say, Lord, here I am. All a piece of brass can do, those of you that load, you take and you put it in your tumbler, you turn the brass, 
you turn it, you turn it to make it look like new. The brass can't say, no, please don't do that. No, no, I, I don't want to be overloaded. No, no. The brass simply submits. It has no will. You reach down, you pick it up, you put it in your die, you set it there, you're going to shoot a certain certain ballistic tip, you're going to do this, that, or the other. These are just practice ranges so you know you're going to shoot this way, I want to go this, I want to do that. So it's entirely at your discretion. And if that bullet is loaded exactly right into it with the right amount of powder and so on and so on, it should perform its premium optimum if you will hand load it right. So is it with every child of God. If we can lay our lives over on the bench of God and say, Lord God, you see what I am. Lord, I think I'm a 460, but I could be a little bit proud. Maybe I ain't nothing but a 22, 250. So whatever I am, you just fit me on the right die. Let me lay up there, Lord God. I know that I'll do more. Actually, if I'm a 22, 250, I'll do more for the plan of God being that caliber than I would thinking I'm a 460 when actually I'm not. I'll only get in the way, Lord. So just let me be what you've made me. Is that your desire, friends? Oh, how we could be changed today if that was all of our desires. Let's just keep our hands up if you would. Over and over, he molds me and makes me. Into his likeness, he fashions the clay. Lord Jesus, as we pray today, we ask for your help, Lord, your strength. We lay ourselves, as it were, the brass. We've just been taken out of the tumbler. We look almost new. We simply submit ourselves to the master loader. We pray that you would place us in the die which we have been determined before the world began to fit. We want to be nothing more, nothing less. Lord Jesus, may you help us, Father. As any piece of brass from a cartridge lays there and its mouth is open because there's no bullet in it, so it's totally empty. Then the loader will sit there and he will determine, well, I'm going to hunt this or I'm going to shoot this, so this time I think I'll put so many grains of powder, I'll weigh it out, I'll put it in there, I'm going to use this particular bullet. He's been through the process over and over again, but it's his thought. And this finished cartridge will accomplish what he wants it to be because he's chose its designated path and journey. Praise God. Lord Jesus, move on our hearts today, Father. Move on our lives, Lord. There's times we go through things and we want to, you, you pick us out to use a very slow burning powder. And by your choice of that powder, it will affect what kind of damage, collateral damage that we do. Or you may opt to use a very fast burning powder and you'll change the bullet on the, on the end of it that's put in it, Lord. So just help us to learn to submit instead of us trying to tell you what you ought to do with us. Help us to just be submitted, Lord God. Then, Father, if you reach over and you need a cartridge to do this or that or the other, help us not to be jealous, Lord. If you reach over and pick up another brother instead of us, and you put that brother in and you squeeze the trigger and, oh my, tremendous things were done because you chose to use that brother. Help us not to get jealous and angry and all upset, Lord. 
Help the singers in the church and the singers around the message to realize the same thing, Lord, that if you choose this one and choose that one and choose that one, well, praise God, praise God. The same one that made them made us. Maybe my turn will be next time. Help us, I pray, Father. May jealousy be laid aside. Envy and strife, Lord. Praise God. We love you, Lord Jesus. We worship you with all of our hearts, Father. Sing for us, Harry, would you? Listen to this song now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Father. Came back to me. What were we? A vessel. So scarred by sin. But he did not. Started over. Thank you, Jesus. Again. Thank you, Lord. I'm so blessed today. He didn't throw the clay Everybody. Hallelujah. Over and over. He more 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. God bless you. Hadn't it been good to be in the furnace today? <laughs> praise God. It'll be worth it if the Lord can be able to shape us and mold us, make us what He wants us to be. Will it not? In reality, would you want to be anything else? Would you want to be anything else other than a real Holy Ghost-filled magnum Christian? Praise God. Now, I've been on a lot of different hunts and been privileged to be able to go hunting in a lot of different things and see a lot of things and take a lot of animals. And whenever you know that that animal is just beyond your range because of your particular choice of what you chose to bring on that trip, and yet he's a trophy of a lifetime, and you know it's just beyond your range. Oh, when people wake up in the tribulation period and realize the experience they had was beyond the range of the target of the rapture. If you just get it in your mind that the rapture is our target, and it won't do any good. Oh, I've got the gun, I've got the shell, I've got this, but it has to be powerful enough to be able to make sure you can hit the target. Amen. God bless you. I love you so much, saints. Appreciate you so much. Amen. Pray for us this week. I'm going down to Brother Fred's this week. We've got a meeting down there. Brother Jewel and Brother Andrew Glover and uh, my brother's brother here going to be there with us. And uh, I, I'm privileged to be able to get to speak one service there. So pray for us. The Lord will just be with us in, in the meetings there. Brother Darrell will be here. I think I'd sent Brother Jim maybe the wrong uh, announcement for whenever I'm going to be gone. November the 2nd and the 3rd, actually, it's going to be Brother Matt Watkins that's going to be here instead of Brother David Gadman. Now, the reason I know that was because whenever I texted Brother Matt about coming up, he said, have you got an extra tree stand for me? So now Brother Matt's a hunter, so he figured during that time frame I was going to be gone hunting, which I am. So he said, have you got a tree stand for me? I said, no, I don't have a tree stand, but I'll tell you what, you sit in my nice, soft, plush office desk and chair and all that, and I'll be in the tree stand. How will that work? He said, count me in. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. We so appreciate the brothers that the Lord allows to come in and minister to us, don't we? Amen. I appreciate God's ministry. Praise the Lord. That's right. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Let's bow our heads together. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for our time together today. I trust it's been beneficial and helpful, Lord. Bring strength to the lives of the people. Go with them now, Lord. Keep them. Father, you see our needs among us. Lord Jesus, we just mentioned to you today those that are sick and afflicted and those that need a closer walk to you, whatever they need, Lord. Would you just be mindful of us, Father, we ask. We commit our lives and our souls into your great care. Bring us together again at the point in time we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, saints. Go in the fear of God. joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me.